and uh, as a preacher these these moments always make you think one of two things are happening it's either the lord saying stop stop wrong message or <laughs> you know or it's the devil having a go and so um i think the thing to do is we could try and carry on and uh, <laughs> if it happens again <laughs> we, we rethink um can can you all see me okay i i, I don't know if um, the view's gone right but um let's uh, we'll try and continue I was saying that in this passage, the children come to Jesus and the the real feature of them coming to him is them being passive, that they're brought to Jesus by other people. Jesus takes them in his arms and Jesus blesses them. And the picture for us is that we receive the kingdom of God without doing anything ourselves, because there's no uh, effort or work we can put in. There's no inherent quality in us. Not even us discovering the secret of entering the kingdom is the key that gets us in. The condition that we come in to Jesus isn't important. What is important is that like these children who come to Jesus in the passage, we will simply receive from him. This is how the Lord Jesus works with those who will simply receive from him. And these little children demonstrate in this passage how the kingdom of Jesus works. Even a little child can enter the kingdom. Jesus says in this passage it belongs to little children because even little kids can do this one simple thing which is to receive the blessing of Jesus. I don't know if you know any of the children in our church family. Um, I know some of you um, they belong to you. Others of you will know them from maybe volunteering in children's church or whatever, or you've been in the morning service and seen them tearing around um, back in the good old days when we were all there together. Think of those children. The kingdom of God belongs to them. I think that's an amazing thing that Jesus says. The kingdom of God belongs to them. If they will simply receive him, the kingdom of God belongs to them. It is that simple. And for us adults, it is equally simple. It's simple enough that a little child can receive it. Now, I think it's really common in the church and it's very easy within ourselves to vastly overcomplicate this. And this is where I want to sort of zero in this evening. It is really easy to overcomplicate this truth because when we concentrate on uh, trying to uh, define what coming like a child might be, we almost always end up looking more at ourselves and worrying about our ability to receive than looking at Jesus, who is the one who gives. We end up quite wrapped up in ourselves, trying to become innocent or trying to develop childlike faith, whatever that might mean. As if I could somehow sort of shed my outer cynical shell and you know my world weary baggage and my preconceptions and somehow rediscover an inner simpler less cluttered and less jaded me then you know maybe then I've found the way to enter the kingdom of God and to receive from him and you know we worry am I, am I meant to be aiming at like sort of 10 year old faith or like three year old faith or like younger I don't know what what is it what's a little child and we maybe get imagining that the kingdom of God is for those who have maybe sort of become a bit intellectually mature already. And they've got a bit worldly wise and they've gone around the block a bit and they've seen enough stuff 
such that they're able to sort of somehow step down and descend and make themselves humble, make themselves simple and rediscover some sort of lost innocence. And then having stepped down, having sort of done that surgery on yourself internally, then, then you can receive. And we get ourselves very tangled up thinking, have I, have I done that? Have I, have I managed to achieve childlike faith? And what I just want to do is to undo some of that tangle. You do not receive the kingdom of God by trying to become something you're not. You do not receive the kingdom of God by trying to become something you are not. You don't need to get up here first so that you can then step down to here. There is no psychological or spiritual preparations that you need before you can enter the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is for those who, like the children, will simply open-handed, empty-handed, receive. There are no hoops to jump through. It is being brought to Jesus by other people, which is all of our experience. It is being taken up into his arms. It's being blessed by him. Remember, this is the kingdom of God. It is Jesus's kingdom where Jesus is the focus and Jesus is the hero and Jesus does all the saving work and Jesus gives. That is how this kingdom works. And when the disciples kept those children away from Jesus, they basically felt that such little ones didn't qualify. They didn't qualify for Jesus. And maybe at times you have felt that way that you don't qualify for Jesus. Maybe sometimes even being in the church has given you the impression that you don't qualify for Jesus. I'm very sorry if that's the case. It's easy to feel my Christian life isn't really good enough. My faith isn't childlike enough. My efforts aren't sincere enough. But that is the complete opposite of the gospel. That is the complete opposite of how the kingdom of Jesus is. It's the exact lie that Jesus is taking on directly in this passage. The good news of the gospel is that the kingdom belongs to those who will only receive. They must be allowed in. Otherwise, we have made an entrance requirement for the kingdom of God for all of us that Jesus himself didn't put in place. We have set some kind of bar on entry that Jesus never set. It's not put there by Jesus, just by us. And that way we ruin the gospel and we empty it of, it, of its power. So I want to say to you this evening, if you feel like you don't qualify, if you feel that you don't have anything to give, if you feel like you may as well be a helpless crying baby, then the kingdom of God is for you. If you will just have Jesus, the kingdom of God is for you. That means being a Christian is it's not necessarily driven by a kind of ironclad personal intent and a decision of the will. 
It means that being a Christian may not come from the deepest intellectual understanding. Being a Christian may not be marked by super intense spiritual determination and zeal and experiences. Being a Christian certainly isn't sort of arriving with all our might, trying to be as innocent and childlike and spiritually simple as possible, as if, you know, sitting with some Play-Doh and crayons is going to bring us into the kingdom of God. No, we have to stop trying so hard. Because in truth, the gospel is the gospel is never about our doing or our working or our feelings. It's always, always about being the beneficiary of Christ's blessing at his initiative. That's what this little passage demonstrates to us. Above all, it is the message of the cross, the cross which shows us that we are weak and sinful and have nothing to offer to Jesus but that we need a loving saviour who's willing to give everything for us to have us. And I want to say, as I really wind this up, there is no better time to hear and believe this gospel than at the start of a new year. There's no better time to hear this and freshen our minds on this gospel than at the start of a new year. Of course, this is the time when many of us are resetting our habits, um, turning over a new leaf, setting new personal goals and all of that. And of course the new year, it, it can come, can't it, with, a, with some sort of fresh sense of clarity and opportunity to address some things in our life. But it can also come with a bit of a curse, the curse of activism. That is a kind of self-driven desire to change and make progress that pushes very hard against the passive receiving and accepting of Jesus that the children in this passage show us. New Year can sometimes cause us to be driven and activist. I've just been looking at uh, Instagram the last few days, um, newly in tier four, what else is there to do except scroll Instagram? I've noticed people posting photos of the 50 books they've read this year and the ones that they want to read in 2021. And I think, wow, that's a lot to keep up with. It's a lot of reading. Instagram has also been suggesting to me that I'd feel better about myself if I got a subscription to boxes of odd shaped vegetables instead of buying the really good looking ones off the shelf. It's told me that I could improve myself by gaining lean muscle mass this year. It's told me I could increase my productivity by buying the world's greatest ever journaling notebook and so on. All of this stuff that is sort of constantly telling us, if you make this tweak, you will basically be a better person. You know, if you can just make this one little adjustment, this one new product, you're, you can improve yourself. And all too easily in the Christian life, we can just add um, being a Christian to the list of stuff to do, improvements to make, goals to aim for. Try to be more holy, read the Bible more, pray more, evangelize more, nurture a childlike faith. And I wonder if with all of this, the pressure is arguably even more in this new year. 
there's maybe a pressure on us all to feel better and more optimistic now 2020 the dreaded 2020 is over there's a kind of um a pressure to feel here's 2021 our great shining hope the year that the vaccine is going to ride over the hill and the nhs is going to gather its courage and be our savior when our collective goodwill and common feeling is going to pull us through and I just wonder if some people on the, the Zoom call tonight are already beginning to feel, you know what? This new year is actually a bit flat. Nothing much has changed in the first few days and it, it ain't going to change from now. And I wonder if some of us are feeling a bit guilty and confused maybe that, well, we don't have quite the optimism and the relief that everyone else has and that we feel we're supposed to have. Life continues to be hard, COVID or no COVID. Shouldn't I be more joyful as a Christian? This new year, whether you've resolved and whatever you'd love to see change in your life, I want to beg you, don't let your hope rest in yourself. Don't let your hope rest in your ability to receive the kingdom. Don't let your hope rest in the condition in which you come to Jesus. Have your hope all on him and on him alone. Not how you feel, not how you come to him, but on him. Don't fall for the temptation that says, if I can just sort out this sin or this bad habit, or if, if I could just instill this spiritual discipline, or if I could finally see you know, breakthrough and growth in this area, then I would be in a better place with God. Then I would feel better with myself. Then God would love me more. My friends, that is not how the Lord works. That is not how he works. In the gospel, he does it all. And you are a receiver. And he will take you unto his arms and he will bless you. However great your sin, however dark your unbelief, however faltering your discipleship, on the cross Jesus held his arms open to you. And you may feel this evening like the most hardened, burnt out, cynical, unchildlike Christian on the face of the earth who could you suspect, you know, you could, you could never uncover the sparkle of the first love that you had for God again. You could never get to those early days of your faith. Jesus will still have you. Don't doubt that. Jesus will still have you. Just come as you. Ready just simply to receive from him. He will never turn you away. So friends, whether you've made resolutions or not this year, God has resolved and he's resolved to be kind and gracious to you in his son, Jesus. He is resolved to give the blessing of his kingdom to anyone who will come. And while your resolutions may fail and your goals may change, his promise and his love are totally steadfast. In 2021, let's make that our hope. And our rock. As Jesus says elsewhere in Luke's gospel, fear not little flock, 
It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is God's pleasure to give his kingdom to you and to me. We're going to finish by watching and listening to uh, a brand new song from our worship team. Um, it's been written in the context of all that's gone on the last year or so, 